The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet365. Bet365 is offering new users a $1,000 risk-free bet. Sign up today over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet365. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hlbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time has last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Use promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice, no the guys. Me, really rail, villain rail, Terrell Furman Jr. here at your service. And I just got to say that <laughs> we got enough. The dog there. I mean... This Mavericks team is kind of fraudulent, and I have the over on their win total. So, you know, it's hard for me to admit it. But we cashed the Raptors plus 165 last night. So, Scott Studio, Rachel on the other end, cashed his dog as well. Scott, what's going on? Scotty, beat me up. Surprise. Yeah, doing pretty well. Looking forward to the tournament day, uh, second tournament day of the year. So we'll see what happens there. But overall, can't complain. The only slight critique I have is the Nuggets, who I had minus three, and they couldn't hit a free throw at the end of the game. They were up five with the ball with about 30 seconds left, and they ended up not covering as they ended up pushing. Uh, Jokic missed two free throws. Reggie Jackson missed a free throw, but they ended up winning by three. So that was a push. But a shout-out to my favorite team, because for the third straight show, I took the Nets as my dog on the money line, and they won. So can't complain. Did a nice job against the Clippers. I bet you you don't do it today. Uh, It was a very ugly game. I'm not going to do it today because I think (laughs) they might get killed. But I do think for the Clippers, we'll talk about them later. I said I was going to blindly fade the Clippers when they got Harden until they actually covered a spread. They have not done so, and they have not won a game yet. So it was a nice plus money price. And the Nets hung in there. Eventually took over, and it was a very ugly game, but they were on the right side of it. So can't complain too much. Nice to hit the dog with my favorite team for the third straight show. Yeah. No, no. Congrats to you, definitely, and your favorite team winning games. Uh, I guess my favorite team is winning games. I don't know. We'll see. I have a lot of favorite teams. My team has to. They don't have their own draft pick, so they have to win games this year. (laughs) All right. Let's go ahead and get straight into the slate. We have, what's this, eight games on the slate today? I think nine, I saw nine. Nine game, nine game slate today for the, like you said, second installment of the end season tournament. I think that everybody has come to the conclusion that these games have not increased in difficulty at all whatsoever. And if a game was going to be good before, it was going to be good after. And so, really, I mean, there's no different handicap other than there's going to be some ugly ass courts and. We're going to have to watch them play on those courts. To be fair, the first day of the in-season tournament actually had a lot of close games. Now, I'm not sure if that's a coincidence or if that might be based on some intensity, but a lot of the games in the first day of the tournament were actually close. I think it was more coincidence, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it was coincidence as well. So let's kick things off. First game on the slate, 7 p.m. on the East Coast. We have the Philadelphia 76ers on the road 
going to play the Detroit Pistons. Pistons catching eight and a half at home. 224 is the total there. That total's climbed from 219 to 224. Injury report here for both of these teams. And we have for the 76ers, Nicholas Batum, probable. And for the Detroit Pistons, Jaden Ivey, Alec Burks, both still out. And then they're missing for extended time. Isaiah Livers, Monty Morris, Boyan Bogdanovich, as you all know, and added Joe Harris. Didn't think that meant anything, but they added Joe Harris to the IR report as well. So relatively same lineup that we've seen for the past game or two for this Pistons squad. But they were able to still cover and make it a close game with the Milwaukee Bucks, whose defense is actually atrocious this season. Mm. Eight and a half against the 76ers. I think it's different because the 76ers playing defense. <laughs> I think the like, Sixers are just good. I think yeah, they're better without like, James Harden. So. Yeah, they're playing defense. They're spreading the ball around. Their role players are are playing up. You got Nick Nurse coming in and showing everybody why he's one of the top coaches in the league by effectively turning this team around. I mean, when's the last time we talked about Philly with a 6-1 and one start to the season? And I feel like I remember them having slower starts to the season, and then they pick it up later on. But this is a really, really good start to the season for this Philadelphia 76ers team. I don't think I'm ready to fade it here, even though we have a scrappy dog in the Detroit Pistons at home. I, I just thought that I was questioning it. They always had this weird game that they cover against the Bucks, So it just that really didn't tell me anything. And the line opened up at six here. It just tells me that the line movement is just saying what I think is happening is that Philly's just a way better team. And they're probably going to keep Detroit from scoring 100 points tonight. I think the only concern with the Philly would be the way that they closed out that Celtics game. Now, the Celtics, of course, we know talent-wise are an elite team, but they almost choked away another massive lead in the fourth quarter, which has been an issue in years past. So laying nine is a little bit dicey if you think that the Pistons might be able to hang around, maybe backdoor the thing. I think I'm going to lean to Philly in this one. I just think Embiid's going to go crazy in this game. I'm trying to think of how Detroit's going to actually stop him. And if you look at the numbers that Embiid's had against the Pistons in the past, he's owned this team. I believe in the last meeting, uh, talk about last year, he had 36 points in 24 minutes. Mm-hmm. And do you know which team is allowing the most opponent free throws per game? Pistons. Correct. So I think Embiid might might feast at the line in this game. Uh, but you're looking at Maxi. He's been great. He's the favorite to win most improved player. Uh, Nick Nurse would be my vote for coach of the year. So I think that when you're looking at what the Pistons are, they are a feisty bad team, which is what I thought they would be. I like Thompson a lot. I think he's a good rookie. Cade's been good. I get it. But they're also missing a decent amount of scoring output based on injuries with Bogdanovich being out. And no offense to Duran, who I really like. I don't think he's ready for Embiid, just being fully honest with you. I think <laughs> that looking at Maxi and Embiid and company, they're a little bit too sharp, in my opinion. I think Philly wins this game probably by like 12. It's going to be close. I don't think they're going to blow them out. But I do think they do enough at the end to win by double digits. 76ers, 7-0 ATS start season. Yeah. 7-0. This is great. This is great. I'm all over it. Yeah, I'm with you. With 76ers here. Total, 224. It's gone up. Do you agree with the line move? Because I nope. kind of agree with what you said. I'm not sure if Detroit can actually score against this team, but – Nope. I mean, they scored 109 against the Warriors, scored 116 against the Nuggets. They have lost a decent amount in a row. They've lost six straight. Despite being feisty, they have lost six straight games. I think I'm going to lean to the under. If you only give up 103 to Boston and 100 to Phoenix, I know Phoenix is missing some guys, but still, 
Philly's mm-hmm. defense is solid. I'm going to lean to the under. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I, I don't think uh, Detroit team total under is probably my better bet on the total, but because there is a possibility that I feel like Philly can run the score up on them. But honestly, truly, it, I, I can't see Detroit. It, the concern is the shooting. Yeah. Is is really the shooting? Because you have everything that you can get inside the paint with Duran, with Stewart, and you know Cade, but like also I can't hit a three. Your Killian Hayes can't hit a three. I don't know what their sharpshooter is on this team. Like they don't have one. They're yeah. all hurt. <laughs> They're all hurt. <laughs> they don't have one, and that's why this Detroit team is going to be so much fun when they're healthy because then they're finally going to have that outside scoring that they can keep up in high-scoring games. But as of right now, yeah, I'm a little uh, questionable on the scoring output for Detroit. So under 224, Detroit team total under there. Before we get to the next game of the slate, got to talk to you about Bet365, world's favorite sportsbook trusted by over 88 million players. They have everything you need at Bet365. Yeah player props, you have sides, you have totals, you have first half, first quarter, everything, first touchdown, you have first basket, SGP parlays, like you can make your same game parlay through there and get a 30% profit boost on the NFL same game parlays as well. Plus they have early payouts. If your team goes up 17 points, don't worry about a comeback like you had to worry about with the Philadelphia 76ers against the Celtics the other day. No, they go up 17 points. You get your early payout. You cash your bet, and you can just sweat free, watch the rest of the game. So make sure you tap into Bet365. Sign up today and choose from two bonus offers, either a $1,000 first bet safety net or a bet $5. Get $150 of bonus bets. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet365. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet365. Problem gambling? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the place to go to play alongside your favorite fantasy players, NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football. Just pick higher or lower on their stats, and you'll be able to cash in. Let's see. What's a higher or lower that we like for the NFL slate this weekend? Scott, you got anything off the top of your head? Uh, off the top of my head, I will go with. I gotta quickly figure something out. Um, you know I what? I got one. You got one? Okay. I I'll got one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, the close your eyes special is in full effect with my New York Giants, unfortunately. And Dak Prescott is still an average quarterback. He's gonna throw an interception to the close your eyes special. It's gonna happen. It's going to happen. That's how the close your eye special comes through for us this week. Dak gives us interception. I took higher on Dak interception over at Underdog Fantasy. Scott, what you got? Yeah, so for me, I think I'm going to go with a bit more of an obscure play. Give me Minshew passing yards over against the Ooh, Ooh get it done over there across the pond. Make sure you check out the uh, our Europe. SGPN team as they do a breakdown of the game right before tip at 9 a.m. Eastern. 9 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you check that out on YouTube. Watch along, make your picks, and make a little cash. Underdog Fantasies on Underdog Fantasy Mobile app or use underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. They will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. All right. Eight more games to go. Let's do it. We got the rematch. Scott, I told you we couldn't lay points with Charlotte. Charlotte Hornets earlier this week did go down to the Washington Wizards. 
They were laying two and a half, I believe, in that game. Ended up losing 132 to 116 at home. Now we get the rematch. Charlotte's traveling to Washington. Washington is now laying two and a half. 240 is the total here. Injury report for these two teams. And we have Gordon Hayward, probable. Terry Rozier, out. And that's about par for the course from what we've seen from them this season. And for the Washington Wizards, they have no injury news. So this total has actually gone down two points, probably because it's the immediate rematch. However, we do have the immediate rematch here, Scott. Just like I said, we can't lay points with Charlotte. We probably can't lay points with the Wizards either. Yeah, I'm going to lean to the Hornets. Uh, they no-showed the first half, which is why I lost my team total on them. Uh, they scored 70 points in the second half and still went under their team total, so I'm not exactly happy with the Hornets at this point in time, but I am going to lean to the over in this game. It's weird because part of the reason why the totals dropped is the immediate rematch angle, but in the first meeting, the total dropped like three points. And it didn't matter anyway. The game went over. So I'm going to go with the over. Both teams don't guard anybody. Both teams are top four in pace. I see the Hornets playing a lot better offensively. And the Wizards probably regressed, but they scored 130 points. I'm on the over. I can't take an under with these teams. They're two of the worst defenses in the league. I believe Charlotte is the third worst, and the Wizards are the worst. So I'll go with the over in this one. I am going to link to Charlotte, but I see points. I don't see much defense. Give me the over. Yeah, I it is simple here. I'm just I'm not I'm not laying the points with either one of these teams. That was the handicap last go around yeah. is I'm not laying points with Charlotte. So I took the Wizards. They won. I'm not laying points with the Wizards. So I'm gonna take Charlotte here. Plus two and a half. I'm with you as well. I don't like the line movement going down. And we typically do go under in these back to back spots, but no way. These two defenses are terrible. I can't take a chance. So I'm going over two forty there as well. Player props, anything that sticks out? Yeah, I think I think Lamelo has more of an assist game in this one. He had 34 mm-hmm. points last game. Didn't really f- facilitate that well, but he actually did. If you dig into the numbers, he actually had a bunch of potential assists, but everybody bricked every jump shot that uh, actually <laughs> had a potential assist for him. So I think Lamelo assist might be a pretty sneaky play here. I also like Mark Williams. I saw his point total was like 13 and a half. He had mm-hmm. 14 in the last meeting, and he only played 18 minutes. He was in foul mm-hmm. trouble for most of the game. And the Wizards are allowing a ton of points in the paint. I think Mark Williams is in a good spot to have a good game. I'll go with him over his points. As for the Wizards, uh, Kuzma had a good game. Jordan Poole did not. Jordan Poole's been atrocious so far this season. I'm trying to think of what I really like in this matchup. I think it would be Gafford rebounds at 6.5 at like even mm-hmm. money. I found a plus 110, actually. He's going over in 7 of the last 10. Charlotte is not a good rebounding team. And the Wizards don't exactly have much size I think Gafford rebounds is worth a look. The Wizards have already played a season tournament game. They are 0-1 in group play. We have not seen Charlotte play a game and to go back to Detroit and Philly. Neither one of them have played a game as well. All right. I'm with P.J. Washington again. I'm going to do it again. Uh, P.J. Washington over on his points. That's going to be my score of the day. I might ladder him today. I think he can uh, – take this opportunity to get open and have a nice look in a game that Charlotte should probably win this time. All right. Next game on the docket, we have the Brooklyn Nets. Your Brooklyn Nets, 7-0-1 ATS Brooklyn. Traveling to Boston, play Boston Celtics. Celtics open up minus nine. They are now minus 12. 
226 and a half is total here. Injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Brooklyn Nets, Cam Johnson is available. Doesn't mean he's going to play, but he's available. Looks like he'll probably be out there. Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton are both out. Cam Thomas, ankle injury puts him on IR for two to three weeks. That's brutal. That's brutal. And looking at the Boston Celtics, you have Al Horford, who is out because of injury management. Uh, is that a fine? Might be a fine. It's on, this is a national televised game. This probably should be a fine on the Boston Celtics for holding Al Horford out of this game when it's nationally televised. What about all the people that came to Boston on tonight to go see Al Horford? And he's just injury management himself. Like, I don't know. Horford maybe had a problem with the Social Security check. He had to go get it fixed. You know, Maybe Horford had some good reasons. Uh, you think it was really personal reasons. You think it's really personal. So it's not injury management, and it's actual personal reasons. Hmm. I'm just saying he's up there in years, so I'm not shocked yeah. that he occasionally needs a rest. All right, Scott, you have a Boston Celtics team without Al Horford versus your Brooklyn Nets, who are 7-0-1, undefeated against the spread this season. You've already teased it to us. You think that your team's getting killed today? Yeah, I do. Uh, we saw the Celtics beat this team on uh, by 10 in Brooklyn about a week or two ago. The problem is the leading score for the team in that game was Cam Thomas, who had 27 points, 11 of 24 shooting. This team can't score. They've been better at it this year at times because at least you have Cam Thomas, who's getting a bunch of minutes, who's averaging like 27 points a game. Bridges is still solid. I'm still not a Dimwitty fan at all. So that's going to be a bit of a problem for them in this matchup because he's going to have to take more shots. Cam Johnson mm-hmm. might play, but he also hasn't played in a couple weeks. So I do wonder how he's going to look rust-wise. But Boston at home against the Nets team with no Cam Thomas and really has a hard time scoring – I think they have a lot of problems here. I think Boston is going to win this game comfortably. Boston is off of that Timberwolves loss, and they lost again to the Sixers. It does seem like a good get-right spot for this team at home against a team that's going to be battling some injuries to some star offensive players. I'm going to go with the Celtics going through the home numbers. They beat the Heat by 8. They ended up beating the Pacers by 51. The last two games were on the road against the last three games. The Nets, the Timberwolves and the Sixers at home going back against a team that's injured. I think it's a good spot for Boston to take care of business here. Give me the Celtics minus 11 and a half. Uh, yeah, pretty solid points. Pretty good points. I'm assuming you're going to take the Nets because they're great against the spread, but the injuries are too much for me to actually overcome in this one. Yeah, man. And I get it. I 100% get it. But these are the spots where these teams just come up big for us ATS, and it's like everybody steps up. And it's so crazy because the injury, like some of the injuries they have, like Cam Thomas, if you said in the beginning of the season Cam Thomas was on IR, you're like, oh, all right. Like they didn't play him anyway. He, you know, I was going to say, uh, everyone knew it was a hooper. The question was, would Vaughn yeah. actually give him any minutes? Yeah, so now it's like, oh, they gave him minutes and they took it away, and we think that this next team is like – I think the real big loss has been Simmons being out. I really think that's the big loss, to be honest. He's actually to be fair, they've won well. a couple of games without him. I've not yeah. seen them fully play without Cam Thomas yet, so I think Thomas is the bigger deal, in my opinion. Well, nonetheless, Boston tends to let you down. I'll take Brooklyn plus twelve. Uh, that total at two twenty six and a half is interesting, though. I think I have. I I, it's weird because the Nets have had some high-scoring games, but I think I have to go with the under. I mean, even though they lost to the Sixers, they only gave up 106. I don't see the Nets playing fast in this game. 
just thinking of the roster, because Simmons likes to push the pace, Cam Thomas likes to shoot quickly, but with Dimwitty and with, I mean, Johnson isn't exactly a quick shot guy either. I just think the pace is going to be a problem. I, I think I like the Nets team total under. The first meeting did away in 238, so you can make an argument based on that. You should link to the over. I don't think I'm going to because I really have my issues with the net scoring in this game. I'm going to lean under, but I don't feel the greatest about it. I think this is a, a trap spot where everybody – I mean, look at Brooklyn 5-3 and three to the over. You have Boston 5-2 and two to the over. Like, it screams over. This just went over last week, but – and the total is points lower than it closed in the last meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and it opens up lower. Like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. It feels like this is one of those. They just played recently. These two teams make adjustments, play a little bit better defense in this one. I'm with you. I'm on under for this game. Uh, anything you like prop-wise before we move on? Yeah, I think I'm going to be on Tatum rebounds in this game. Tatum's been solid uh, rebounding the basketball recently. Uh, the Nets still don't have Claxton. They don't have Simmons. Those are two of their better rebounding guys. Uh, but I'm looking at Boston, and if Horford doesn't play, you can argue Porzingis might rebound, but that's a joke because both of us have criticized Porzingis for his lack of rebounding for years. Dimwitty, I think, once again, doesn't really contribute much besides assisting and occasionally some points. But for rebounding purposes, I think Tatum's going to be in line for a good for a good game here. Double doubles intriguing, uh, but his double doubles at like minus one thirty. So I think that Tatum rebounds is worth a look. Uh, trying to find the best number available for that uh, Tatum board. Sorry, let me just quickly look for that. It's at nine and a half. The over is going to be juiced a little bit at like minus one thirty. I like the over. He's gone over in six of the last ten. That's good enough for me. I'll go with the over for Tatum rebounds. Yeah, I like that play. I do like that play. I think that, yeah, definitely. I feel like he can go over 10 in this spot. Uh, yeah, I was looking for somebody's rebounds to back in this game, too. So I think it does have to be a Jason Tatum. Um, I really don't have anything else for this one. Pretty good on this game. All right. Before we get to next game of the slate, got to talk to you about game time. Get your tickets through the game time app. Look, easy plays, buy tickets really, really quickly. Get them super cheap in the area. And you don't have to worry about the stress of, like, trying to find somebody outside the stadium, doing all this other stuff to get the tickets. No, no. Game time, you buy the tickets. They come straight to your phone. You can go get in the seat. I bought tickets outside of the stadium before and then went inside with the game time app. It's super duper easy. So make sure you check it out. Download the game time app. Create an account. Use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account. and redeem code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Download the game time out today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, sports betting analytics platform for play props, parlays, and game lines. Research everything from the NFL, NBA, MLB, soccer. Make sure that it's all green. You want to see green and no red there. When you see the green, it means that your parlay, your bet, has the data that is supporting it. That is exactly what you're looking for. Anything that can give you the edge and, and help you win more of your bets. Look, 30,000 users are researching the Hall of Fame bets. Make sure you're one of them. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Yeah, I'm playing it. I don't, I'm not asking. I'm playing it. Let's just go ahead. And... We have a toilet boy. Because the Utah Jazz are traveling to Memphis to play the Memphis Grizzlies. 
Line opened up at minus six, Memphis. Now at minus four and a half. 229 and a half is the total injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Utah Jazz, Walker Kessler is on IR with that elbow injury. And we have for the Memphis Grizzlies, looking like the Miami Heat. Zaire Williams is questionable. John Conchar is questionable. Jake Rovia is doubtful. Xavier Tillman is out. We know Ja is out. Derek Rose, Brandon Clark on IR. Steven Adams out for the season. Are you serious? Who's I miss the Jazz being good. Who's this is laying fun when the Jazz were good. No way. I don't care how bad we think they are. There's no way you're laying four and a half with this Memphis team. I'm not, I'm not laying four and a half with Memphis. I'm just saying I miss the Jazz being good. But they used to be an entertaining good, too, because they would not play any defense. They would score a bunch of points. Now they're mm. just getting their ass kicked all the yeah. time. But so is Memphis. And with the injuries, the thing is, even though Kessler is injured, I do like Olenek. Olenek's a good player, especially if you want to take like PRA stuff. But I do think that they can get by without him. Memphis, I just don't think their team is that great in terms of talent on paper. And I was against them this offseason. They're 1-7. and seven. There's not much to like here. Uh, but I do think for the sake of this matchup, I'm going to go with Utah. On principle, I can take Memphis minus 4.5 when this team, as of right now, is the worst team in the league. So I'm going to lean to Utah. If they get killed... It is what it is, but I'm not laying four and a half with Memphis. That's not going to happen. So I'll go with Utah. Yeah, it's really insane. Like, who is running to the window? And the fact is, is that there's a lot of early bets on Memphis. Like, there's so many early bets. And the line dropped, as you said. Yeah, so it's reverse line movement, first of all. Ka-ching, check. We have Memphis laying points. Okay, fade that, check. In-season tournament game where I guess anything can happen. I, I... who is running to the window to bet Memphis in this spot, man? The argument is Utah being atrocious on the road, except Memphis hasn't been good at home either, so that's why it doesn't really matter. Uh, I'll take my chances. Give, give me the Utah Jazz and sprinkle on the money line, plus 160. This Memphis team is horrible. They're by the way, they horrible. did play earlier this year. Utah beat them at home by 24 points. What is going on? Utah 0-5 straight up on the road. Memphis 0-4 straight up at home. Okay, I get it. That was their last win. They lost four straight, haven't covered four straight since then. They've actually gotten destroyed in almost all of those games. Memphis' only win is against Portland. And that was the second time around. It took them two times to get that win. (laughs) This is sick. This is sick. Yeah, there's nothing else to talk about here. Total's at 229.5. I mean, this has gone down. Are you are you assuming Memphis plays defense? Like, are you saying Memphis is a good enough defensive team and that's what's going to carry them to this? You're asking me if I think Memphis plays defense? No, no. I'm just I'm trying to play. figure out why these – I'm trying to figure out why – like, what is with this line? I'm not understanding this line. This should be at most Memphis minus two. At the most. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean over in this one. I still don't think Utah is capable of actually guarding anybody. And they, ha- they want to play fast. Memphis had a low-scoring game against Miami, which I was wrong on, I'll admit. I thought that it was going to be a nice letdown spot for the Heat, and the Grizzlies still lost the game. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with the over. I just don't think Utah is capable of guarding anyone. They've given up 130 points in each of the last two games, 134 against the Pacers, which makes sense because Indiana is one of the fastest-paced teams in the league. 130 to the Bulls. Like I just I think I'm going to lean over, and I'm going to lean Utah. I'm not going to overthink this. I do like Casey's angle, though, for a player prop. 
I like Keontae George in this game. Mm-hmm. Keontae's good. Solid player. Saw him at Baylor, and he had a pretty good game last time out. I think he's in line for a good game. He might start, so keep an eye out for him. I like mm-hmm. his props, so I like him over. Uh, I do think that you're looking at Markkinen having a good matchup because Jaron Jackson's more of a rim protector, and Markkinen can pull people away from the basket. I think he's in line for a good game. But I like Biombo rebounds. I think Biombo mm-hmm. rebounds is a very good look here, whether it's a Linux or it's going to be potentially looking at John Collins at the starting spot. Biombo is going to have more minutes because Tillman's out. And I think he had 10 rebounds in his last game when he started. So I like – and the pace is going to be good, in my opinion. So give me a Biombo rebounds. I think he's in line for a good game. Yeah, good call out on Biombo rebounds. Another center that I'm just very good on taking their rebounds. Uh, we have – give me Laurie's rebounds. No Walker Kessler. Laurie probably has – I really want to back Collins' rebounds. So I think Collins can have a double-double. I'm going to back Collin and, and Laurie's rebounds. One, because I think Memphis is just going to – despite how the defense is for the Utah, I just think Memphis doesn't have the offensive firepower to take advantage majority of the time. And there's going to be a lot of bricks and that's going to clean up for John Collins and Laurie marketing Collins, who I feel like could be a lot better of a rebounder in this game had four in the last game. I think that goes up tremendously in this one with no Walker Kessler. And he had nine last game. So trending in the right direction for me. I like Laurie's rebounds. I like John Collins rebounds. All right, let's see here. Ah, what do we have here? What do we have here next game? Oh, by the way, standings for the in-season tournament for those two teams. Utah's first game, Memphis, one loss to Portland. This is insane. Utah's winning that game. All right, next in-season tournament, we have the New Orleans Pelicans on the road going to play the Houston Rockets. Or the Rockets, holy smokes, don't look now. The Rockets are laying three. Against the Pelicans, 218 and a half is the total here. Injury report for these two teams. And we have for the Houston Rockets, Alfred Sangoon is questionable. Eamon Thompson on IR. Victor Oladipo, I still stand by. Don't think he's going to put that Rockets jersey on at all. And for the New Orleans Pelicans, we have Zion Williamson questionable with personal issues. He just had a baby, so we'll see if he comes off of daddy duty come play in this game today. And we have Herb Jones questionable with the leg injury Najee Marshall actually made the injury report as not out he's doubtful not expecting him to play but it looks like Najee Marshall could be coming in for a return very soon CJ Jose Alvarado and Trey Murphy still on IR I mean Rockets been playing pretty well recently I mean, the injury report says a lot in this game it's why it was kind of tricky to fully take because I think Shangun is actually very valuable to that team and I, I am wondering if he's out because he does handle a decent amount of the facilitating responsibilities. Van Vliet's done a pretty good job, though. I yeah. don't know who's going to play for New Orleans. Like McCollum's out. We know that. Alvarado's out. We know that. But Herb Jones, their best defender, might not play. Zion had a kid, but he might not play for the second straight game. So I don't know what his story is either. I There's a lot of injury questions, but I guess I have to lean to the Rockets because they've actually been playing inspired basketball. They're at home. New Orleans looks like they haven't even cared for the last couple weeks at this point. So I'm going to lean to the Rockets. I don't feel great about it, though. I need more injury news confirmation. So I'm going to wait until I pull the trigger on anything. But if Shengun plays, I probably will lean to Houston because this team's actually been good. I'm going to fade Houston winning five straight at home. 
I'm going to fade them after a tremendous uh, game where they blew out the Lakers, where that is like their, you know, quote unquote rival. Yeah, that's their Super Bowl. 100% their Super Bowl, quote unquote rival. I don't know. Is Dylan Whatever. Brooks' rival? I don't know about the rest of the team. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little bit of a letdown spot at home, destroying the Lakers like that, destroying LeBron James and Anthony Davis and that team like that. And it feels like this is I, – I, I still have nerves of trusting Houston, to be honest. I don't feel good trusting Houston. Oh, Do I feel good about New Orleans? supposed to be terrible, but Udoka's apparently gotten through to them. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. It just feels like this is a letdown spot. You sit here, you're smelling yourself, you won four straight, you got a team that you see, you know is battered, broken, and brute and beaten. I mean, the game at home feels like a little bit of a letdown spot for for this team. I'm going to just go ahead and take the Pelicans, but it's really just a lack of trust in Houston more than me backing the Pelicans. So I'll take the plus three. All right, so you're. I mean, you said you're on Houston. You're on Houston. Yeah, I'm only in Houston. I'm not going to confirm anything until I know for a fact that Chengun's going to play, and we'll go from the injury report. But at least Houston's been inspired. The Pelicans have been missing so many guys that they're not even trying to play defense in any of these games. So I'm concerned about the overall mentality of this team at this point in time. I do agree with you about defensive side of basketball. All right, two eighteen and a half is total over. It's tricky because Houston's been that good defensively, but I think I. T- the question is if Shengun's out, do I think that Houston's offense takes a step back? Because they scored 122 against the Kings, 128 against the Lakers, and 128 against Charlotte, but they've given up less than 98 points in each of the last three games. Now the Kings have been really bad without the Aaron Fox, and the Lakers were missing AD. And I said it on Twitter, but I'll say it again. The Lakers might be the Warriors from last year where mm-hmm. you, they're just, they just can't play on the road. They're just an awful road team. I don't know what it is, but the Lakers just no-show every road game. I think I'm going to lean to the under in this game. I'm going to lean to the Pelicans team total under because recently the offense has been a mess. So I'm going to go with that direction. Give me the Houston team total over, but Pelicans team total under. This team can't score if they're missing all their guys. So I see a pretty good defensive effort from Houston. I just think the matchups aren't there. Like, who's guarding Brandon Ingram? If Zion plays, who's guarding Zion? Like, I don't who's... think Zion's going to play. So, mm, no, he should. But with Zion being involved, you never know. I mean, it's it's, it's literally just a, the birth of his child. So the child's already born. So it's like, mm. oh, I know that. But most players aren't rumored to miss the second game. Zion is, you know, taking that... an extra day off, which is not usual. So we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. but. Either way, I still think there's some some matchup problems for this team. All right. Let's see. Next game is like Minnesota. <laughs> I mean, they've been playing good basketball, man. They've been playing good basketball. Five and two on the season. Best defense in the league. Yeah, best defense in the league. On the road, going to play San Antonio. San Antonio comes here as a six-and-a-half point dog. 225-and-a-half is the total. Uh, let's see an injury report here for these two teams that we have for the San Antonio Spurs. Nothing to report. What? Oh, they're screwed. Oh, they're so screwed. And for the Timberwolves, you one IR, Jordan McLaughlin, Jane McCart. Devin sells back in the lineup, people. That's your guy. 
it's a lot of options. It's a lot of options to go to basketball now that Devin Vassell's back in the lineup. I think this team is significantly better when they have Vassell, Johnson, and Wimby all in the game. What are you doing here with the Timberwolves laying six and a half? This one looks short at first glance based on San Antonio getting curb stomped by the Pacers and the Knicks in their last two games, while Minnesota's won four straight. However, the Timberwolves have played two road games this season, have not played a road game in a while, while it's Toronto in the first game, and they blew that massive 20-point lead to Atlanta at the half in that game and lost by 14. Uh, They've won four straight games all at home, so I guess the question is, can Minnesota actually play well on the road for once? I understand that the Spurs are a better team with Vassell in the lineup with uh, Wemby and Keldon Johnson. Uh, Wemby's been kind of horrible since that Suns game. He's really just not been good. But Minnesota, I think, is the better team. I think the Spurs are horrible. Uh, I just, on record, I think they're going to win like 24 games. I think they're a bad basketball team. So they can't guard anybody. Offensively, they have some issues because Wemby isn't as efficient as I'd want him to be for a winning team. He's still a rookie, so he's going to figure it out. I'm going to lean to Minnesota. I don't feel great about it because I recognize this team on the road has not really proven anything yet. And the Spurs at home have been feistier than they have been on the road. But I just don't think the Spurs team's any good. Just looking at how they play, there's a lack of proper just overall organization with this team, which sounds extremely ironic because the Spurs are what are known as being a great organization. But it just seems like this team is kind of just playing basketball without any plan. Every possession is just, oh, it's your turn. It's my turn. We'll try to figure something out. It doesn't work, and they don't guard anybody. So I'm going to go with Minnesota. I think the defense shows up. I think the offense is good enough. But at least they have some chemistry and some cohesion. I don't see the Spurs having that. And I think with the exception of two wins against the Sun, they've left a lot to be desired against the Sun. So I'm going to go with the Timberwolves. I understand if you're a little bit scared of it because the Timberwolves have not been good on the road. But I really think the Spurs are a bad team. I think they're going to win 20-something games, a low 20s total. I'm going to go with the Timberwolves, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Spurs are a bad team without them so. And they're going to take back in this playing, so you can just do it. Yeah, fine. I mean, this is. I mean, this is. This is a, a really good spot, though. Like, this is a pretty good spot. The Knicks, didn't he? But no, he didn't play in that one. He didn't. I thought he did. Mm, no, he didn't play in that one. Oh well, he he played like twelve minutes. It wasn't. He, he played twelve play. minutes because they got killed. Yeah, he didn't play. But, they were just rolling him out there, and the fact that he played those twelve minutes means that he's warmed up and he's ready to go. And when you look at when DeVassell was in the lineup, they were actually in a lot more of these games. And, you know, the the destruction of this path came from him not really playing significant minutes and him not having that impact on the game. Wimby, I do think, has a really tough matchup here with Rudy Gobert and Cat both on the inside. I think that's going to be a tough – so it's going to be a tough outing for Wimby again. But I think that Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell actually can – help supplement that and so i'm gonna take the spurs plus six i don't really like it to be honest but it just feels like a nice spot that i get you know a great player back i already know what player prop i'm gonna give out this sell over on points expect him to have a lot more of a role in this one and i think that you know we'll see we'll see if pop cares about these games let's see see if pop into the end season tournament, but I'll take the Spurs. There's only so many minutes I can handle with so with Sohan being the point guard. 
There's just only so many minutes I could handle. I hate that lineup so much. Yeah, I wish they would just put Trey Jones in the starting lineup. Like, so he's not a point guard. He can't shoot. Like, I understand you're getting some extra length defensively, but you're not guarding anybody anyway. And that's so the only thing. Point guard's a massive waste of time. And that's the thing. the the de- The extra length defensively helps, but man, ah, uh, well, it I should would, help. It I hasn't would, helped. The Spurs can't stop anybody. I love to see. I love to see Trey Jones, man. I love to see Trey Jones run the ship there. All right, <laughs> let's see. Uh, we've got next game up on the – well, what's the points prop on Vassell today? I didn't see a list of I pulled it up before. Oh, okay. All right, well. They're probably going to confirm it later because they're not sure about his minutes, so you might yeah. get that closer to game time. Should be in the if – if I had to guess, probably – Mid it should be team. 17 and a half. Yeah, yeah it should be 17 and a half, but they might they might give us 16 or 15. And if they do that, oh, yeah. Bump down a little bit. You said what? I said he played 12 minutes last game, so they might bump down the points prop because they're not sure how many minutes he's going to play. Hope so. I'll take I'll take the discount. All right. I don't know if I said it, but both of these teams have not played an in-season tournament game yet. Next game on the docket, we have the Los Angeles Clippers who are 0-2 straight up, 0-2 against the spread with James Harden. Now catching one and a half on the road at the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, let's see, 220. Whoa, oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. 235 is the total in this one. Jesus Christ. Totals what, what is this man. Clippers team now? What is this Clippers team now that they're getting totals in the 235s? For the Clippers, Mason Plumlee's out for an extended amount of time. He's joining Brandon Boston Jr. on IR. And we have Derek Lively, who's questionable with an illness. Maxi Kleber's doubtful with the toe. Do we keep it going? Good times roll? Of course. There's a couple yeah. reasons why I like Dallas in the spot in general. First of all, I think Dallas is actually decent. Now, we faded them last game against Toronto. At least last game we did together. Because I think that they haven't played anybody. But at least they've shown some chemistry and they've had moments where they actually have looked like a playoff team. The Clippers with Harden, I just think, are a bad basketball team. Because Harden has always been a guy that has coasted on his offensive numbers and doesn't do the little things to help teams win. And when you have him (laughs) and Westbrook together, they're not going to do much defensively or anything defensively. They're not great at rebounding, which sounds like an oxymoron because Harden and Westbrook have been decent rebounders in the past, but not none of them box out, and they got killed on the boards in the last two games they played. The Knicks killed them on the glass in that game, and the Nets did a pretty good job. There was one sequence late in that fourth quarter where they got three offensive rebounds on the same trip, and nobody on the Clippers even jumped for a rebound. They just didn't match up with anybody on the boards. And I do think that the Nets, they got out-rebounded in the game 51-49, to but they gave up 14 offensive rebounds. Dallas, I think, is a team. We know Luka always gets up for these games against the Clippers anyway, but the Clippers defensively have been a mess, especially in transition. They can't stop anybody because Harden doesn't want to guard anybody in general. I'm going to go with the Mavericks. It's a low number for a home team against a team that is reinventing itself. So I think this line's too short. The total I want to talk about, because the total's gone up like three or four points, and I don't get it. The Clippers can't score. I I can't take an over in this game. I get the argument is Dallas doesn't stop anybody, and maybe the pace will be crazy. The Clippers with Harden, I think, have the fourth slowest pace in the league, and Dallas has been known to be a pretty pretty half-court-centric offense. I like the under in this one. 
this total just feels too high to me with Harden being on the team and them kind of killing the pace. 235 and a half. I'm just worried about the possessions. I'm going to go with the under, and I'm going to link to Dallas. I'm not going to lean Dallas. I'm going to take Dallas because this okay. is Luka versus the Clippers. Ooh, I mean, it's 35 at plus 240, 40 at plus 650. To push back, by the way, it is also quiet against the Mavericks. So there are a couple ways to look at this. Hey, man, I mean, that's perfectly fine, too. We can parlay both of those and have. I like Dallas, too, but just to be fair, Kawhi has also kind of gone blow for blow with Luka in the past, just to throw it out there. Yeah, but unfortunately for Kawhi, unfortunately for Kawhi, he has a lot of other people that are trying to take the ball out of his hands nowadays. So let me make sure that that was the. And then, yeah, so, and then you can get Luca 50 for 18 to 1, which is crazy. Uh, shout cool. out to Bet365. Shout out to Bet365 for giving us 50 point props. That's amazing. You're the only book that I know that goes past 40. Yeah. Appreciate that. I appreciate it. And it's like some interesting, it's some interesting. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to imagine the matchups that Luca's going to want in this game. You have a choice between Westbrook. <laughs> Zubak and James Harden. I'm wondering oh, which matchup Luca's oh, going to want. Yeah, give me over Luca threes. There, there's no shot. They have no shot. That that ISO step back three is automatic all game today. What is Luca threes at? Plus three and a half. I mean, over three and a half at plus one hundred six. That's easy money. If he ends up going like six of twelve, I wouldn't be shocked. Give me that. And matter of fact, let's ladder. I think threes is the ladder to go. He's he's getting them on a pick and roll. He's cooking them. For, all right, so we have Luca bet three six five threes made milestones. We can get four for plus one hundred five, five for plus two forty, six for five to one, seven for ten seventy five. That's actually not. I'll go. Terrible. I'll go with the five. I think I'll yeah, top five, out at five. Six could be possible as well for Luca. I'm telling you, that's going to be the automatic play all day. Uh, yeah, I'm all over the maps. Hate this Clippers team. Okay, next game. What a bad trade. An unprotected <laughs> first for James Harden. Must have lost your damn mind. Los Angeles Lakers traveling to Phoenix to play the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix laying three and a half here. Two thirty-five, not two thirty-five. Jesus Christ, that's the last one. Two twenty-five. Two twenty-five is total we have here. By the way, are you on the over or the under in that Mavericks game? Uh, give me over. Clippers can't reach yeah, 100. I, I just I just have a hard time taking the over, but a lot of line movement to it. All right. Anthony Davis, questionable. Jackson Hayes, questionable. Gabe Vincent, Jerry Vanderbilt, Jalen Hood-Savino, all IR. You have Bradley Beal, probable. Jordan Goodwin, available. Devin Booker out and Damian Lee IR. What are you doing here? I'm on Phoenix. Do I like it? Not really. I don't think Phoenix is that good. Nurkic was good last game, though. Shout out to him for bouncing back. But I said it a, sec- I said it a couple minutes ago. I have to auto-fade the Lakers on the road. They just can't win a road game. It just It is what it is. Now, I'm not saying that they're the exact same thing as the Warriors last year, but for some reason, some teams, I think the Warriors were more talented, in my opinion, than the Lakers this year because the Lakers just look older and nobody on the supporting cast can shoot. But they've been a really bad road team. And I have to at least point it out because they are over. And their last road game, they lost to Houston by 34 points. Now, Anthony Davis didn't play. He might not play in this game. So I have to at least factor that in. 
But you're looking at these road results. They're 0-5, so they're undefeated at home. They're 0-5 on the road. They lost to Houston by 28, by 24, lost to the Heat by 1, lost to Orlando by 19, and lost to Denver by 12, lost to Sacramento by 5. And that was the game Fox got injured in. They lost in overtime. So even though this game might be close, without knowing for certain if Anthony Davis is going to play, and with the Lakers being 0-5 on the road, I got to go with Phoenix. I just think Phoenix is going to be potentially motivated for a revenge spot after choking away that game in the Crypto Center a couple weeks ago. I don't think the Lakers are that good. I think they're an older team. LeBron's got to play 38 minutes a game because supporting cast sucks. And I think the Suns will get it done at home. So I'm going to link to the Suns. I'm hoping Beal has a better game. It was his first game of the season. I'll give him a pass. He was not very good last time out against Chicago. But the Lakers, until they win a road game, I'll keep fading them on the road. I'll take the Suns minus three and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. This Lakers team sucks. Uh, we have the Lakers who are 0-8 ATS in the first half. Suns 5-2-1 in the first oh, half. Oh, did you hear I'll the stat, Suns though? First half. You mentioned first half. Did you hear the first quarter stat? No. In the first eight games of an NBA season, the Lakers have the worst first quarter point differential in NBA history. Ever. They are the worst first quarter team through eight games in the history of the league. No wonder they ain't covered in the first half. So you're mentioning first half. First quarter, they've been all time. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. First quarter bets for the Phoenix Suns have gone as 6-1-1. One one. Even better. There you go. Maybe you go trifecta here. Suns first quarter, Suns first half, Suns on the money line, or Suns for the full game. Am I wrong, by the way, for looking at a future and being tempted by Lakers to either miss playoffs or to be a play-in team? This team's really not good. they got to blow up half the roster. And they always do this. I know. But they were a play-in team, though, when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you're going to sweat regardless, but... Yeah, no, they always do this. They're always they were a seven really seed last year when they made the Western Conference Finals. Like they were, they were close to being a playing team. I think there's some value on it. The Lakers are really not a great team. They were, they weren't close to being a playing team. They were a playing team. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. I think it's some value. I think it's some value. They definitely couldn't miss the playoffs. Very quick, very good, very much could. I'm sorry, couldn't speak. I remember they were they were a playing team last year. I'm trying to remember who they played in the yeah. playing game. Minnesota. Oh, that's right. They played yeah, Minnesota. They game. went to overtime in that disgusting game. A, yeah. yeah, they were a playing team last year. So I don't mind betting it again. They might miss the playoffs. It sounds crazy, but if you think about it, and if they don't make a big trade, which they probably will, this team is not built to last for more than a month because AD's already hurt. He's playing 30, 35 minutes a game. And LeBron's, I know LeBron's great. I get it. He's like 37, 38. He's playing 37 minutes a game. It's not sustainable. Like this team has a lot of problems. I agree with everything except for you saying Bron's, what Bron is doing unsustainable because he's proven that it is. I meant durability purposes. I didn't mean actual talent. No, still. I mean, for the most part, he hasn't met like a couple injuries last, here. Last there. couple of years, way he's been better. More injured than Ooh. previous years, but which is crazy because it still hasn't been that many injuries. Yeah. <laughs> like when you look at anybody else's that age, it's like, oh, they're oh, no, compared playing. to everybody else. It's he's definitely more durable. But my point is, they're so reliant on their stars and they have no supporting cast that if one of them, as Kaysen says, on the shelf and AD's already injured. This team's kind of screwed because they just don't have anybody that I trust to step up in the absence of one of the superstars on this team. I, I'm just 
My only thing is they done they did the same thing last year, and we roasted them for majority of the year. And then after the trade deadline, they went on that run, made the playoffs. So I'm not buying into the future, but I do agree this team sucks, and I'm fading them. Probably going to lock this game up. There's a good, good possibility that I do that. We have the Oklahoma City Thunder on the road playing the Sacramento Kings. OKC minus two, 231 is the total in this one. Injury report, and we have for OKC, Kenneth Williams is out. That's the only thing on the OKC side. And for the Sacramento Kings, Trey Lyles and De'Aaron Fox, both still out. Kings have looked very limited without De'Aaron Fox. As of right now, De'Aaron Fox looks like the most valuable player in the league because he's gone in this Kings team with shit. I'm not fading it. Give me OKC. I'm on OKC, too. Uh, they had a nice win against Cleveland. I watched a lot of that game. Shea at 42. Could have gone for 50 in that game if you wanted to, but the Kings uh, the Kings did win their last game against Portland. You might remember last time we were on the show, I said I liked Portland pre-injury report announcement because that's how low I was on Sacramento, and it was never in doubt. The game went to overtime. Portland had a shot to win it. Brogdon only played five minutes, and they still went to overtime. I don't think the Kings are good without Fox. It is what it is. Sabonis has regressed. And I think that Fox, not even just about how talented he is, he's also the closer on this team. He was mm-hmm. the, that's did he the win clutch that's player the thing. Of the year last year. Yes, he did. He won clutch player of the year last year. And that's really where my handicap rest is that if they do keep this game and they do not get blown out by the Oklahoma City Thunder here, there's nobody in this team that I'm taking over Shea in clutch time. Like there's nobody else. I, I think that Shea shot for shot can go for anybody on that team and win. And so, yeah, I'm 100% back in my guy, Shea Gugas Alexander and Oklahoma City Thunders is a pretty easy play for me. Minus two. The line's fishy, but I don't think Sacramento's that good. Oklahoma City's had issues defensively. They can't guard anybody, but I think they had too much firepower offensively for the Kings to handle. And you're looking at the total. This line's exploded. This line went up like five points. There's been a lot of movement on the over. I think I feel better about the Thunder team total over in this game because I really don't think the Kings can stop anybody on this team. Yep. The Kings' offense has been more spotty without Fox, so I do think the offense could be a bit of a problem for the Kings. I'm going to take the Thunder team total over. If I told you that there was a world where the the Thunder win by double digits, would you really be that shocked? Probably not. No, No, I'm calling for it. I'll take the Thunder. Once again, Portland had them on the ropes, and Brogdon played five minutes. That's a problem. That's a serious problem for the Kings. I'll take the Thunder. All right, I'm on the over as well. OKC can't guard anything. Sacramento can't guard anything. This should be, you know, another high-scoring day. Uh, Maybe not as much as that OKC and Golden State game last Friday, but very very much similar. All right, lock dog, and we'll drop an underdog lineup as well for my lock. Like I said, that Suns game is really calling calling me because this Lakers team sucks. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what's what I'm going to do. Just give me the Suns to get revenge on the Lakers. Suns minus three and a half. They get it done. They beat the Lakers today. For my dog. <laughs> you have some choices. You can go Luka five threes if you want it. Yeah, I can. I got some player prop choices. I got some side choices that I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty fine fate in Memphis. 
Like I'm I'm really good. Yeah, I can fade Memphis and feel comfortable about myself. Give me Utah plus 160. I mean, I'm getting plus 160 for two teams in the toilet bowl. Like when 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 have we ever gotten a toilet bowl game with this high of a spread in any in any sport? There's never a high like there's never a high discrepancy between the toilet bowl game. This is 100 percent toilet bowl game. This is Miss Price. I'm taking the Jazz who just beat them plus 160. All right. Uh, for me, I'm torn between the Mavericks and I'm torn between the Suns' first quarter. You know what? I'll go exotic with it. Give me the Suns' first quarter minus a half. You said before the Suns are what, like six one and one in the first quarter, something really yep. good. Yep. Yeah. So they've been really good in the first quarter. I'm going to say it again because it is worth mentioning again. The Lakers through eight games have the worst first quarter point differential in the history of the NBA. They are the worst fourth quarter team of all time through eight games. That's good enough for me. I think the Suns at home after losing that game, they probably should have won uh, with that fourth quarter collapse against the Lakers a couple weeks ago. I think the Suns get out to an early lead. Give me the Suns minus a half at minus 120 as my lock in the first quarter. For my dog, I am going to go with a baby dog, but it's plus 125. Give me the Hornets. This team sucks, but the Wizards should never be favored in any basketball game. So I think this line is off. Though Hornets no show to home game, it happens most of the first half. They scored 17 points in the second quarter against the Wizards, which is embarrassing. But I do think the Hornets are going to get back on track. This is one of those games where it's a back-to-back. You're going to fade the team that lost the first one and probably win the second one. And that's how I'm looking at it. I think that Lamelo is going to play a little bit better with facilitating. But it's most of the Wizards scoring 132. I don't see that happening. I think Charlotte plays better offensively in this game. But it's most of the Wizards being favored. Favored. This is one of the worst teams I've ever seen. They're favored by two. That's a little bit much for me. Give me the Hornets on the money line at plus 125 on principle. All right. Let's see. What do we like here in the plant prop realm for underdog? Luca points. Oh, well, yeah. Duh. Yeah, we got to start somewhere. Let's see, Luca. We got you at. Oh wow, do you not just have? Oh, there we go. Twenty nine and a half higher for Luca. Get it done. I like Embiid's matchup against Detroit. That should also be like twenty nine and a half. It is. I can. Do you think that. he cares that Giannis and Trey Young both? I mean, Giannis had fifty last night. Trey had forty something. <laughs> you think Embiid has a little bit of extra for this game? He potentially could, especially if he gets going in that first quarter. Like and beats he, Petty he like that. that quarter, he he like might 10. look over at Giannis scoring 50 and go, all right, I got to do something. All right. Joe beat 29 and a half higher points. Let's go with – I know I don't have a Vassell prop, so that would have been a you nice – market and rebounds? That. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Um, let me see. There we go. He's at nine. That feels great. Yeah. That feels great. He had, I think, I believe he had 11 the last game. It was either 10 or 11 the last game, and that was with Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler out of lineup this game. I think it's going to open more things up for Laurie. And what is a toilet bowl game, so you never know what to expect. Give me higher. Nine rebounds. Laurie marketing higher. 29.5 points for Joel Embiid and higher. 29.5 points for Luka Doncic. Six to one. Put that into underdog and cash you a nice underdog lineup. Time to get back in the winner's circle, Scott, here. So anything else for people before we get up out of here? Not really. Uh, looking forward to the games tonight. Should be fun. I know we have an NFL show right after this, so if you want to check out some NFL previews, we got you covered.
Yep, we have an NFL show directly after this. We also have the PropCast with Chris and Moonoff going on directly after this here. So you got plenty of content. Make sure you check something out. We got 66 people here in the stream. Make sure you like the video on your way out. And for anybody that's listening through their ears and wherever you get your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star rating and review. Other than that, I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No other way of any podcast. Just going to end it like this. In season tournament day, we're out of here.